Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Make you rich. This world loves me. I am so wealthy. You don't look healthy. Step down from that cross. That is not helping. Open up your eyelids. I bet these islands won't remember you. I bet that death will finish you. And yes, my breath will limit you. Make earth utopia. Step down and taste euphoria. I'll make you glorious. Through my hands, you shall be victorious. Besides, what father lets his son die? I swear Jehovah's through. Let's not forget that he picked Barabbas over you. Eternity is breaking now with the Every beat is bleeding now. This day is short, so stand your ground. In moments time, this knee will bow. Death has been defeated. Only then have we fulfilled this vow. Listen for the distant sounds of trumpets blazing from the clouds. Echoing salvation as the king steps in to claim his crown. See his people walking freedom, broken heels and lost be found. Victory alone is in the Christ, so carry this truth down. Trample over sin and death that love and mercy would abound. You and I know very well, no one believes in fairy tales. You ain't got the power to carry hell and break it. How you think Mary feels? To watch the sun get beaten, to watch the sun stay bleeding. Descending, accept my kingdom, you will be a slave to freedom. Worthy is the lamb that is slain, for the sins of man in his name. Stands the plans to exchange, the stains of hands that have made. The same demands that had came, fall in the flames of his grave. But this all breaks with the pain, to see him risen and reign. For your reign, I'd only give it minutes. Always remember that my darkness has no limits. But darkness can never win this, and it's all been diminished. Satan, what do you want? He said that it's finished. As Jesus hung on the cross in between heaven and earth for six hours, there was this epic battle that was raging for the hearts of mankind. Much like the epic battle that rages in some of your hearts today. See, Jesus was accused by the enemy of our souls, Satan, just like you find yourself accused sometimes in your own life. He was beaten and he was bruised and he was broken and crucified. And so many times in our lives, we, 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 we find ourselves being beaten up by the world around us. Jesus was attacked at every corner, just like we find ourselves attacked. Sometimes every turn in life, we, we find ourselves face to face with the enemy of our souls, trying to deceive our lives, to put scales on our eyes so that we don't see the reality of God. Attacked at every corner. Walking in our own reality. Missing God's reality for your life and for my life. But as Jesus hung there for six hours between heaven and earth, his feet not firmly planted on this planet, but yet not risen into the heavenlies. He finds himself in this no man's land, this place in between where he begins to fix the wrongs of this world, where he begins to right the things that have been degrading mankind for millennia. They say that the last words of a person are their most famous 
That it is the, the culmination of a person's life and all of their experiences and their, their passion, their destiny, everything that they try to accomplish gets surmised in our final words. And as Jesus hung there between heaven and earth and he accomplished what had never been accomplished before, he began to speak. In his final words, Jesus begins to give us a glimpse to help us see beyond our reality right into God's reality. Today, as you sit here, I believe that you're going to get a glimpse into God's reality for your life, a glimpse into the battle that's been raging for your soul since the day that you were born. This is Resurrection Weekend. We, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But in order to fully understand that resurrection, we have to understand what he did as he hung there in between heaven and earth. I think about it. I can see the images in my mind as, as Jesus is making his way to that place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, that, that rocky mountain outside of the city of Jerusalem. And he's beaten and broken and bruised and bloodied, and, and he's barely able to make it. Another man has to carry his cross, and they get him there. They lay him down on the cross. They stretch his arms out. They begin to crucify him. They, they begin to nail him to the cross. Through his hands and through his feet. And as the blood begins to stain the white stones of the Middle East, he begins to battle for you and for me. He begins to tear the fabric between our reality and God's reality, and he begins to reach into the other realm. And he begins to set all things right. As he lays there on the ground on that cross and they nail him to it, his time begins, his crucifixion begins. And they raise that cross up and they drop it down into the hole that was prepared for it. And as Jesus is there, Almost dead. He's been up all night long. He's been being beaten for hours. As he's there, he looks out over the crowd of people. They've gathered around to, to see what's happening, and, and they're hurling insults at him, and, and people have spit on him, and people have thrown rocks at him, and they've beat him, and they've bruised him, and they've tried to murder him. And he looks up, and he says his first words, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. And when I read that, I thought, yeah, forgive them. Forgive the Jews for crucifying. Forgive the Romans for allowing it to happen. Forgive the people who denied him. Forgive the people who betrayed him. And I read that and I thought, yeah, forgive them, those people. And then all of a sudden, the realization began to weigh on me that he wasn't just talking about the people who put him on that cross. He was talking about me. And he was talking about you. And I started to think about my own life. As good as I try to be, I try to live the best life I can live. In all of my effort, I still need forgiveness. In all of my effort, I still make my mistakes. In all of my effort, I find myself sometimes in a place where I wonder, how did I get here? 
like a place of needing somebody to say, it's okay, I forgive you. And I bet many of you find yourself in the same place. And as I read those words, Father, forgive Ben, because he doesn't know what he does. It began to open my eyes to the importance of what Jesus did as he hung there between heaven and earth. The words that he said. They were hurling accusations at him. There were robbers and thieves on either side of him. And they were saying to him, mocking him, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, then why don't you save yourself? And by the way, why don't you pull me off of this cross too? And, and they begin to, to rail against him, bring accusation against him. And something began to happen. One of the thieves on one side, he looks over and he begins to rebuke the other thief. And he says, whoa, dude, what are you doing? Do you not know who this is? And he begins to have this change of heart. He begins to look into this place in between, in between heaven and earth. He begins to see what Jesus is accomplishing there. And he looks over at Jesus, blood dripping from his face. He says, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus' second words as he looks up, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And as I read that, I realized that those two robbers, those two thieves, those two murderers that were deserving of death, that were in need of forgiveness, like you and I are in need of forgiveness, I realized that they represent people. They represent somebody. The one guy, he represents some of us who to our last day, our dying breath, reject Jesus. And we have our excuses. We have our reasons. We have the things, the hurt, the pain, the pressure of the past. All of those things that, that weigh against our life, but yet they still are just excuses in the end. And it's still just a resistance to the loving Heavenly Father who loves you. The other thief on the other side, he represents those of us who, who peer into heaven. As Jesus hung there between heaven and earth. And, and he was able to see that the kingdom of God was near. Who are you today? Are you the one who resists until your dying breath? Or are you the one who allows your heart to be open to the one who loves you? Today you'll be with me in paradise. As Jesus hung there. He was there for three hours, and the, the middle of the day was coming, and, and the clouds were, they were beginning to, to roll in. The sun was going dark. Jesus was about to take the sin of the world upon his shoulders. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And people are looking around and, and they're starting to clamor. They're starting to get concerned and scared. And, and they're beginning to wonder, who, who have we crucified here? Who is this hanging on the cross? It's the middle of the day. It's the lunchtime hour. And the clouds are beginning to roll in and the sun is beginning to get dark. And Jesus lifts his head. He looks to the heavens. And he says, my father... Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? And he drops his head back down. And in that moment, as he hung between heaven and earth, 
He was making all things new. All things new. New for me and new for you. He carried the weight of past, present, and future people and our mistakes. And in the middle of all of that sin that he carried, the father turned his head while he battled the devil for your life. And as I read that, I thought, wow, Jesus felt forsaken. And I began to think about my own life, the times I felt forsaken. Anybody ever felt that way? Like anybody, have you ever been in that place in life where, where you think, God, where are you? When I was a young boy, my grandfather was a contractor. He built whole neighborhoods. And God called him into the ministry. The last building that my grandfather ever built was a church building. God called him to, to be a pastor. He built that building and he moved into that facility and he had two services and then he died. And I was so angry at God. I was so mad. I felt so forsaken. And I thought, God, how could you do this? You, my grandfather and some of you, you've turned your back on God because a family member has died, a friend has died, and you felt forsaken. You, you prayed and you've asked God to do something, and it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. And, and something inside of you says, God, you're not there when I needed you. And like we saw in the video, the enemy of the soul, Satan, that serpent of old, he stands in the shadows and he feeds us those lies and those deceptions. But see, the reality is, as Jesus hung there between heaven and earth, he was forsaken so that you would not be. When you feel forsaken in life, it is a lie of the enemy. When we feel the pressure to turn our back on God because it didn't work out the way that we wanted it to, it's not that God left you. He's always there. See, we are hard-pressed. We are trampled over. We're struck down. But we're never destroyed because of what Jesus did for us. He was forsaken so that you wouldn't have to be forsaken. And then something interesting begins to happen as the clouds roll in and the people begin to clamor. They're leaving. They're running off of this mountain. And, and Jesus looks out and he sees his mother and his brother there. The crowd is dispersing. And I just kind of get this picture of, of these two people just standing there. And, and as you read this part of the story, you think, this sounds a little out of place. Like he just said, Father, forgive them. He just made a way where there was no way. Today you'll be in paradise with me. And, and he's to this place where he's, he's battling this forsakenness for us. And then he looks at his mother. And he says, woman, behold your son. Son, Behold your mother. And as I read that, I thought, what is going on? Jesus is, it's the culmination of his life. It's his final words. And he's talking about mothers and sons. And, and all of a sudden, I realized that what Jesus was accomplishing as he hung between heaven and earth in that moment was he was accomplishing the family of God. As a pastor, I see people so disconnected from the family of God. I see so many of us offended or hurt or abused and, and unwilling to go and to participate in what Jesus died to produce for us. Some of you, you're here on Easter, and you won't be back until the next. 
We come and we get our annual dose of God, but we miss out on the family that he provided for us. The scripture says this, that Jesus actually shed his blood for the church. And I know the church is not perfect, but neither are you. And it is a a gathering of imperfect people that become the family of God. And I want to encourage you today. Jesus died so that you could have fellowship with his people. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And as Jesus hung there, I, I can see his body just beginning to dry in the desert wind. The blood is beginning to crust over his body and and his face is swollen, his tongue is swollen into his mouth, his lips are bleeding and busted. Jesus lifts up his head and the fifth thing that he says is, I thirst. I thirst. And as I thought about that, I realized what Jesus was accomplishing as he said, I thirst. Because the reality is in life, all of us thirst for things. We thirst for this hole in our heart to be filled. We, we thirst for relationship. We thirst for, for our lives to be complete. We thirst for fulfillment. We thirst for things in life. And as Jesus hung there, he, he quenched the thirst of humanity. The scripture tells us in John 4 and 14 that he is the water of life and anyone who drinks of the water that he provides will never thirst again. The devil, as we saw in that video, he feeds us water that creates thirst. But God gives us water that quenches thirst. He accomplished that for you. the cravings of life would be satisfied. His sixth words were the completion of all things. See, he had accomplished a family. He had accomplished forgiveness. He had accomplished that accuser of the brethren, that forsakenness. He had accomplished getting rid of all of those kind of things. He had put all things together. He had brought water to thirsty, dry souls, spiritual water. Knowing that those things were accomplished, hanging there for six hours. He musters his last little bit of strength. He pulls himself up on the cross and he yells out, It is finished! It is finished. And he drops his head down. And the message to you today is all of the things that have attacked you in life, all of the accusations that the devil has brought against you, all of the attack on your life because of what Jesus did as he hung there between heaven and earth. It was finished 2,000 years ago, and it can be finished for you today. Your marriage that is on the rocks, God can take that busted marriage and finish the bad part of that. Put it to the back side of your life and create for you the marriage that you want. For those of you who are addicted to drugs and substances today, it can be finished for you. For those of you who have had your doubts in God today, it can be finished for you. For those of you who are felt forsaken in life, that forsakenness can be finished for you today. Jesus did it past, present, and future. And he's here today for you.
And you have choices to make in life. You can allow the enemy of your soul to continue to feed you the line of deception that he has fed the world since the beginning. Or you can do just like that one robber did. You can begin to look into that place in between heaven and earth and see what Jesus really accomplished for your life. And it can be finished for you today. That lack of peace can be replaced by peace. That lack of confidence can be replaced by the confidence that God brings. That lack of purpose can be replaced with destiny today. Jesus' seventh and final words. As he looked up into heaven, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And as Jesus did that, he gave us the key. He showed us how to receive everything that he did, everything that he paid for with his blood, everything that he accomplished as he hung between heaven and earth. It is all yours by seven little words. Into your hands, I commit my life. See, today it can be finished for you. All the things that you struggled with, all the heart ache and pain and all of those things, as you commit your life into his hands, something begins to happen inside of you. Something begins to change in your life. Father, into your hands, I commit my life. It's that simple. You can leave here today with everything that Jesus died to give you free. I have a question for you with your eyes closed and your head bowed. What is it out of this message today that resonated with you? Do you feel forsaken in life? Do you feel like God has left you high and dry? Are you, are you in that place where you're like, my God, where have you been? I've asked, but I haven't seen you. See, the rest of that story, when I felt forsaken, that my grandfather died, I didn't tell you that. The rest of that story is, is that the calling that God put on that man's life when he died was then given to me. And I could have been so mad at God, I could have missed everything that he had for me. And I stand here today because I didn't let those feelings of forsakenness, abandonment rule my life. Maybe you're here today and you thirst for some fulfillment in life. Maybe you're here today and you're lonely. You, you don't have the family of God operating in your life. Where are you today? What resonated with you out of Jesus' final words? As you commit your life into his hands today, he makes all things new. Who are you today? Is God tugging on your heart? What resonated with you? If you're here today and you say, Pastor Ben, man, that's me. You are talking directly to me. God is working on your behalf, and I want to pray for you. Today, you need to commit or recommit your life to Jesus. You need to give your life into his hands. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you lift your hand nice and high? Thank you, ma'am. Who else today? You need to commit. Thank you, sir. You need to commit your life into the Father's hands. 
you, ma'am. Who else? Come on, you don't have to go through life living the pain. You don't have to go through life. Thank you so much, sir. Young man, proud of you. Who else today? Nobody's looking around. It's just between you and God. He hung between heaven and earth for you. Maybe you're uncomfortable lifting your hand. Thank you so much, sir. I see your hand. Maybe you're uncomfortable lifting your hand. I get it. Just look up at me. Make eye contact with me. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I just want to pray for you. Thank you, sir. God's tugging on your heart today. Thank you. Thank you, sir, right here. That epic battle that I talked about for some of you is raging in your heart right now. That same battle is raging in your heart. You're going back and forth. Something inside of you says, oh, I want to know. But something inside of you is, is drawing you away. And I just encourage you, if you're having that battle right now, that's God fighting for your life. He loves you so much. It's the battle between the creator and the deceiver. And you choose. I'm not here to answer all of your questions. I'm not here to fix all the issues of life. I wouldn't pretend to begin to even know how to do that. But what I am here to do is to help you, to facilitate your response to God. Last time as I look across the room, either look up at me or raise your hand. Scripture says this. It says that if you can confess with your words, you can say with your words what's happening inside of your heart, that something supernatural begins to take place. We begin to leave the realm of our own reality and begin to look in God's reality. And as you say those words, God, I give my life into your hands, something supernatural begins to take place. So I want to lead you. I want to help you say with your own words what's happening in your heart. So would you pray this prayer with me? Mean it with all of your heart. Say, Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sin, to give me forgiveness in every area of my life, to make a way to heaven for me, to give me family so that I would not be abandoned to quench my thirst so that everything that accuses my life could be finished so I commit my life into your hands in Jesus name Amen let's welcome our brothers and sisters into the kingdom so proud of you